You're listening to Everybody Pulls the Tarp, the go-to podcast for high performers. I'm Andrew Moses. Each week, you'll hear my thought-provoking conversations with Olympians, pro athletes, CEOs, elite coaches, best-selling authors, and other high performers to uncover their secrets to success. Get ready to be inspired each week when we talk about leadership, teamwork, work ethic, and more. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello to all the tarp pullers out there. This week, my guest is 2021 WNBA Rookie of the Year, Michaela Onyanwere. Michaela was selected sixth overall by the New York Liberty in the 2021 WNBA draft. In her first pro season, Michaela led all WNBA rookies in points per game and three-pointers made. She received 47 of a possible 49 votes in Rookie of the Year voting. I sat down with Michaela in late December to reflect on her successful 2021. We explored her transition from college to the pros, how to navigate big expectations, ways to step up and lead, no matter how many years of experience you have, and so much more. If you are looking to get off to a fast start in anything, this conversation is for you. So let's pull the tarp and get straight to 2021 WNBA Rookie of the Year and New York Liberty star, Michaela Onyanwere. What a 2021 it has been for you as we get to the end of the year. Have you had a moment to even step back and process what's happened over the last 12 months in your career? Honestly, yes. Um, unfortunately, but like almost fortunately, I had to have surgery after the season on my thumb. Um, I tore a ligament in my thumb, but it was really the first time since last year that I kind of had a pause and just really a break and just time to myself to really just reflect on a lot of things, which if it didn't happen, I wouldn't have had that time, you know, so I was off for two months uh, with that injury. I'm obviously doing better now, but uh, that was like the time for me to just really like reflect on just how crazy this year has been. It's been such a a whirlwind from college to the draft, to New York, to the season, to playoffs, to now overseas. Like it's definitely been a whirlwind, but that was my time. I think to just reflect and have a lot of fun. And um, I think that was definitely needed for me for sure. You mentioned the draft there, the transition from college to the draft, sixth overall pick in the in, in the draft. Lots of pressure coming into the Big Apple in New York City. How did you find the transition from, you know, obviously being a big star in college, but you know, to landing on a bigger stage professionally? Honestly, I would say that the, the transition from high school to college was a lot harder than the college pros. And I think that's just a testament to, you know, I had a lot of great skill development coaches at UCLA who put me in positions to be really successful. And so I was able to prepare kind of for this moment. And so obviously there was things that, you know, the physicality is way different than college, which took me a while to get used to. But overall, it wasn't the hardest transition. Um, It was just really, really cool to be able to, you know, play against some of the best who's ever played this game and have such a great, you know, and fun rookie year with, with the people I was with in New York. Like I couldn't have asked for a better situation. What was the biggest surprise for you when you kind of got into camp with the Liberty? Um, like I said, this, the physicality, like I knew it was physical, like I'm playing against grown women. I knew that. But like, it was so hard to get used to. It was like the foul calls and you really want to work. It's kind of kind of ticky tack of foul calls. So it was like, you couldn't really rely on that. You had to rely on like, I'm going to create contact and I have to finish the shot. Like that doesn't, that doesn't matter. So the physicality was a thing that I probably didn't like get until like the latter part of my rookie year, which was like, okay, this is what I have to do in order to finish through contact. It doesn't matter about the call. It doesn't matter what about anything else. It really is just about finishing through contact. And then the big biggest surprise off the court, I would say is just New York. Like 
I'd only been to New York one time for two days and it was for basketball. So I really didn't get to do anything. And so being in Brooklyn, a city that is so just, just so alive was definitely a surprise for me. I'm from Colorado, went to school in California. So this like very opposite sides of the spectrum. And I was like, this is crazy. It was hard for me to get used to, but now I love New York. Like I can't wait to, you know, obviously I love being here in Spain, but I can't wait to get back to New York. Let's stick on that for a moment. So you're in Spain, you're playing right now during the WNBA offseason, trying to get better. What was some of the thought process in going to Spain to kind of continue playing games during the WNBA offseason? Definitely a testament to my agent. Obviously, like I had different offers from France, from Hungary, and from various other countries, but I felt like this was probably the best situation for me. They're a very successful kind of organization. One of her past players had come here before, had really, really great experience. One of my college teammates is actually on this team as well, so I'm not here alone. Girona itself is just a great city. You know, the fans love the team. Um, So overall, I just thought that I would fit the best here, and it's definitely held true. I've only been here for like two and a half weeks, but it's definitely held true so far. So now, how do you balance, you know, obviously your primary responsibility to the Liberty and resting and recovering and kind of rehabbing that, that injury? How do you balance all that with obviously still wanting to stay active, still wanting to develop the game and honor your commitments in Spain? Um, I think balance, like what you said, is so, so important. Obviously, like I'm here because I'm here on the off, in the offseason trying to get better, trying to make an, a little bit extra money. But Primarily, you know, my job is in New York um, to play play with the New York Liberty. And so I think that you said the balance is really, really important. So that two-month break I had, again, a blessing in disguise because that was really my break. Once I am done with the season, it's like right into training camp for the WBA. And so I think that was kind of my balance time. But even if I didn't have that, I think mentally is where you kind of find that balance. Obviously, your body physically is going to have to go through some things, but mentally is where you can really find that balance. But okay, like this is where I'm going to relax. This is when I'm going to have time to myself in the midst of like these two seasons that are overlapping. So yeah, that's what I would say. Are there teammates, more experienced players that, that you tap into in your network to try and get some advice and kind of figure out some of these decisions? How does that work? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I think, especially like I said, my college teammate Kennedy Burke, who's playing with me now in Girona, who also plays for the Seattle Storm. She has, she's gone to this. She has, you know, the best of both worlds as far as just like being overseas, being in the NBA. So I've definitely leaned on her just for advice on what she's done. Um, and, and during these times, but also like my New York teammates as well. Like there's a core group of us that are very, very, very close. I talk to them almost every single day, and you know, some of them are overseas, some of them aren't, and so. To be able to relate with them about certain things and just kind of vent to them about certain things that are different, you know, here that there are different in, in the States is so important. And so I think having those people, like you said, is so, so important to kind of lean on, to tap into, to get advice from is so important. So obviously the people around you, like you said, playing a role, what do you think about? Like when you think about your really, really successful high school career, you know, three-time Gatorade player of the year in Colorado, Obviously, a, a tremendous career at UCLA and now a fast start with the Liberty and the WNBA. When you have to boil it down, like what are some of the one or two things that you think, you know, really power your success? Yeah, this is such a great question because I feel like, you know, I talk to a lot of people and they're like, what, like, what would you attest to your success? And at first I was like, you know, whatever, this, that, and the third. But I felt like the two things for me is self-discipline and confidence. Obviously, like you're going to work really hard if you want to get to where you want to get to. And that's super important. But I feel like it it boils down to those two things. Having that self-discipline to, you know what? I'm going to work out even though I don't want to. I'm going to do weights even though I don't want to. I'm going to go hard, 
go this last rep as best as best I can, even though I don't want to. That's having self-discipline. And then I think kind of what spurred just like the transition for me um, is just having a lot of confidence in myself. And I have that confidence because of the self-discipline that I've kind of established, you know, earlier in my career. And so I think those two things for me um, is kind of what has propelled me to this to this position. And obviously, there's other things like working hard, you know, being a good teammate and whatever it may be. But those two things I can definitely attest to is like I wouldn't be where I am today without, you know, having the ability to have that self-discipline and that confidence to get me to where I am right now. The balance between being confident, but also staying humble enough to put in the work and be approachable, I think is something that's kind of tricky sometimes. How do you look at the balance between being confident, but also staying humble? Um, this is a good question. I, I don't know. I think for me, it all goes back to like, I do this. I play this game because I love this game. Like that's, there's no real other foundational reason why I play this game besides that I love this game. And so obviously... Like the other stuff, like what I being a pro is wonderful. You know, having the perks of being a pro is wonderful. But at the end of the day, this is I do this game, I play this game because I love this game. And so I think that's what I come back to all the time. And that's why it's easy for me to, you know, carry this humble spirit because it's like it's basketball. I love doing this. And all the extra stuff is just extra. You know, I, even if this game didn't have all that stuff, I would still love this game. And so I think that that's kind of what keeps me grounded. And I love this game. I love playing this game. I love, you know, the camaraderie of the sport. And that really is what keeps me grounded. How do you challenge yourself to get better? Like, what's your process for setting goals? Do you set an ambitious goal for the year? Do you try and make kind of these micro improvements? Talk about that for a moment, Michaela. I really am not a huge goal setter. Like, I really am not. Like, I think that for me, I like to live in the moment and be very present. I think goal setting is so important to an extent. But... For me, if like I'm setting this goal, I know that that's like, the number one priority. And sometimes I'm not going to look at the little steps that's going to get to that kind of goal. And so for me, I try to stay away from setting goals. Um, I try to just kind of work the process. And so when I'm trying to get better at things or trying to improve on things, I do kind of look like the little victories. And that's just how I've always done it. Um, you know, I went from high school to college. I couldn't shoot at all. Like, <laughs> could not shoot at all, like, not really. And then, like, in college, you saw that kind of progression, then that progression from the pro- from college to the pros. Like, that was kind of, like, something that I focused on, but it wasn't like, you know, I have to shoot 40% from the three-point line this year. It was never that for me, but I knew that in order to help my team, like, this is the things I need to work on. And so that's kind of how I go about improving on things. But goal setting, like, a tangible number really isn't something that I do too often. So for you, it's more about the inputs and, and putting in the work as opposed to yeah. kind of setting some arbitrary output on the wall saying, I'm going, to, I'm going to do this. I want to go back to something. A few minutes ago, you mentioned that the transition from high school to college was a lot harder in your mind than the transition from college to the pros. And you attributed a lot of that to the preparation and the staff and the work and the environment at UCLA. But I'm curious, like when you went from high school to college, when you arrived in college, was the biggest challenge? What do you think was kind of forcing you to take that next step? It was just everything. Like, it's just like high school, I, for any freshman or who about to go to freshman college watching this or hearing this, like nothing can prepare you for your freshman year of college. And that's as blunt as I can put it. Like, you know, I was very athletic coming out of college, you know, pretty decent, like whatever the rankings at the time, which doesn't normally even matter. But you know, I, I was in, supposed to be in a good spot, you know, for, for coming in for a freshman. And I felt like I didn't even know basketball going to be in college, you know. And so it's just the intensity of everything, you know. 
And then the intensity of school and your work and, and tutoring and just everything is so, so different and so much at a more intense level in high school that it's like, oh my gosh, I wasn't even prepared for this, you know? And so freshman, my freshman summer was definitely the hardest just period of my life. Just the transition, like I said, academically and athletically, it was like one thing after another, I felt like I couldn't catch a break, you know? And so obviously like you get used to that a lot, but that was for sure just so hard and just like the intensity, just the the time management, the just the work, the, the tutoring, the whatever, whatever it would have been. Like it was just such a hard time for me. And every freshman goes through it. I mean, you're going to have it. It's inevitable. But I definitely think that's the one thing I would tell my younger self is like, just get ready for your freshman year of college. Was there a moment that you remember where in college things slowed down for you? Like in that sense where people say, you know, everything's moving so fast and then it slows down and you can process things a little bit better. You feel more comfortable at ease. Was there a moment that you remember where that shifted? I think for sure. I think, and I think that's such a great way to, to describe it. Everything was moving so fast. Like it was like everything I had never even experienced was like thrown on me all at one time. Obviously I had a great support system, great academic counselors and stuff, but I was experiencing it. And I just felt like I was so, so overwhelmed all the time. And so there was a moment probably just, this is more like basketball related, but we were like in the Stanford game, my freshman year, it was like the second half of Pac-12 season. And I felt like I was finally getting the hang of the basketball part. And it took me all the way to like the next year to get the hang of it. But I finally did. I remember like, okay, like I know the plays. I know the plays. I know all the schemes. And at that same time, it was a new new quarter. And I felt like I had all my school stuff in order. And so it took me a while. Like we started school in September and I didn't get it until like January or February. And I was like, I finally feel like I have a handle on the hang of this college thing. And I think this at this time, like I wouldn't have been that way if I didn't go through the things I went through in the summer where it was just so, so, so hard. And so I was really grateful for that. Not at the time, but like in the future, I was very grateful for that. And after that, you were able to focus more. You understood how to kind of put one foot in front of the next. What happened next? Yes, I felt like I, I felt like I was just playing more free. And I feel like that was my problem. Like you come in the summer, you know, you have a lot of expectations. For yourself, we were a really great re- recruited class of my freshman class. You know, we had a really great team that year. We went to the Elite Eight. So we were really, really good. There was a lot of expectations. And so, like, finally, I was like, you know what? Like, you finally, finally had the hang of things. And I felt like I was just playing more free. Like I said, I wasn't thinking as much. The plays came a lot easier to me. My time management as far as my class, like, I got the hang of it. Having a quarter schedule was a lot different for me, too, because in Colorado, we didn't do that. We did semesters. So it was like you have these three or four courses for 10 weeks, and then you have four new classes the next quarter. So that was tough for me as well. But finally, when I got the hang of it, you know, I was doing my planner. I was making sure I was meeting with the academic counselors. I was making sure I was watching film with my coaches. I was getting an extra scouting. Like I was doing the things that I need to do in order to be okay and be prepared but finally, I was like, yes, I finally have it. I know exactly what I need to do to be successful at this level. And is work ethic something for you that's kind of always been ingrained in you? Or is it something that was developed? I know your father was a great athlete. He was an Olympic athlete, ran track and field. Tell me about that. Like, was it something that's always been a part of you, the, the hard work? I think so, for sure. I, I come from a Nigerian family. My, both of my parents are, immigrant, are immigrants and my grandparents as well. And so... I think from a very young age, you kind of understand that being in, in, in the States, being in America, having the opportunity to, you know, do what you want here is a privilege. And 
they came here for a better life to give us, you know, opportunity for greatness to be able to prosper here. And so you understand from a young age that you work hard to get what you want. And that's always been something that my mom and my dad have always instilled in me. And obviously my dad, you know, he, he was at the highest of the highest of an athlete's pinnacle career. But my mom as well has just instilled so many things just in life for me as a woman, for me in relationships, for me in whatever it may be. Like you work hard at every single thing you do and be, try to be the best at every single thing you do. And so I think athletically and just for life, my parents have just done a, such a great job. And that's further exasperated, like I said, because my parents immigrated here. They worked hard to you know, get what they, what they want now and what they have now. And it was never easy to them. It was never handed to them ever. And so that was kind of something that my mom and my dad instilled in my brothers and that. Did you play a lot of different sports as a youngster and then start focusing yeah. on basketball? How <laughs> yeah, did that... I did. I did. So I actually started just sports just so, so late. I went to a private school that didn't have sports up until like my sixth or seventh grade year. And then like when I switched to a public school, I literally tried swimming, track, volleyball, basketball. Like, I did all four for like for a few years. And then I got to high school and then I only did track and basketball because I wanted to do volleyball, but it just, it went into the basketball season. So I was like, eh, I'll kind of not do that. And I didn't really like swimming. So I was like, that's fine. I'll get rid of that. But I did like, as soon as I could do sports, I was doing all of them. And so the track and basketball stuck, obviously for high school and then in, in basketball for college, I obviously went to UCLA. And so I think, you know, sports has always, not always been a part of my life, but when it was, it became a very important part of my life. So now looking back, do you think that kind of engaging in a lot of different things was beneficial to you? Or do you subscribe to the, the specialization that you see others doing, right? Where somebody like, I'm just going to play baseball from this age on, or I'm just going to play basketball, or I'm just going to run track. What's your view on specialization versus dabbling in a lot of different things? I'm 100% an advocate for dabbling in a bunch of different things. I think that, you know, being somebody who basketball is a year round sport, even like when I was younger, like you would go from your whatever school straight into AAU, straight back into, you know, your school. And I felt like once you did that, sometimes you kind of got burnt out. And like, that's normal. It happens for athletes. It happens for everybody. And so having those pockets where it's like, I had track for, you know, two months or three months or whatever it might've been. Like I wasn't focused on just basketball. I was able to, you know, make new friendships, make new networks, connect with different people and also not have to worry about just basketball all the time. And I feel like when you do that, especially as a young kid, like you can get burnt out even faster and it happens. Like I said, it happens all the time. And so I think, Playing however many different sports you want is so, so beneficial and so helpful for kids, for people who are athletes, just anybody in general. Are there things that you can take from track and field, for example, and bring them over to help you improve as a basketball player? (laughs) Personally, I don't think so. They're so different. And like the mechanics in which you run for track are completely different than what you would run in basketball. So like I was a hundred meter dash, 200, 400. um, And also did the the four by four as well. And like the technique, like completely separate, like throw away everything, you know, from basketball and then you'll have track and vice versa. Like they, for me, they don't relate at all. Michaela, one of the things, you, you know, we talk to great leaders on this show all the time from all walks of life, Olympians, pro athletes, CEOs, authors, people who are leading by example. And you surely are leading by example, pulling the tarp, as you know, I like to say, But I'm curious, as you think about your role as a leader for the Liberty, for example, right? How do you, as a as a a young player, a new player in the in the organization, find ways to contribute to the culture to kind of make your mark 
but also know your role in that you are you know, new to the organization and you've also got to follow the lead of other people. How do you reconcile all that? Yeah, as far as contributing to the culture, I think um, you know, New York basketball culture is just you know, very gritty, wanting to win. And just like in the city that we're in in Brooklyn, like you, you feel the culture, you know, you want to live up to what that is. And so I feel, feel like for me, as far as contributing to that, I know that every single day, as far as staying in my role, um, I am a great just like listener. Um, and, you know, I want to do what I can for my team. And so we have a lot of great veterans on our team where it's like I can go to anybody, ask them a question and be a really good follower because they are really good leaders. And so that's the way I can stay in my role where it's like I can still be a leader, an example leader and show up every single day in practice. You know exactly what you're going to get from me. But at the, at the back end, like I know my role, I know what I have to do. And I think those kind of go hand in hand where it's like, I know what I have to do every single day to show up. And that within itself is my role. And that's also leadership in a way as well. And so I'm really excited for, you know, year two. Um, I think we're going to be really, really good. Uh, I'm so excited. I mean, I'm smiling from ear to ear right now. So excited to get back to New York and just go to work with my teammates. Let's talk about year two. So, you know, rookie of the year here in 2021, you know, high expectations coming in. The expectations probably continue to rise. How do you manage those expectations? How about I mean, that's, a, that's a good question. I feel like as, as athletes or as just like people who think highly of themselves or very confident, you obviously expect a lot of, out of yourself, you know? And I think that's important because at this level, you need to expect a lot of yourself. But I try not to put too much pressure. I think expecting a lot of yourself versus having too much pressure on yourself are two very different things. And I try not to approach pressure in a way where it's a negative thing, where it's like, dang, I have all this pressure. You know, I was looking at the year in 2021. I have to do big things in 20, in 2022 or else, well, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I feel like leaning into that, I always tell myself like pressure is a privilege and you're privileged to be in that position to kind of feel that pressure. Because if you weren't, obviously there's, there would be things going wrong in that sense. And so, you know, the, I do have expectations for myself, but I'm just leaning into those, you know, as best as I can and doing what I can and showing up every single day and doing what I know to do and working really hard. And I think, Having that mix of all those things has worked for me in the past. It continues to work for me. And that's how I'll approach 2022. To manage the pressure, do you have a routine or a, a pregame process that you go through kind of every, every game that kind of sets you up for success? Yeah, the first few games, and I kind of have delved into this a little bit more, is I did yoga. And I was, I was really nervous. I was like, oh my God, like... I'm a professional athlete. I'm starting like all this extra stuff. And so I did delve into yoga. I think that's a really, really cool just idea. And it was like 10 minute yogas on YouTube. So it's not nothing crazy, but just to kind of relax your mind. And um, I'm a person of faith. So I always pray before the game and having somebody that, you know, you can lean on in God is just so comforting um, and so humbling. And so I think that's knowing somebody, knowing that you have that by your side is so, so great for me. And that's kind of how I deal with that pressure in a way. So I, I always ask athletes, I mean, I mean so, is there a pump up songs or something that really gets you going? I honestly know, like, I'm not a huge music person, which is like, I feel like it's like, I'm the only one, but I'm not a huge music person. But if I were to listen to music before the game, it would probably be like my R&B playlist, which I literally play like in the car all the time. But before games, like I'm not a huge music person. And just like in general, I'm not. But if it were to be, I would just my R&B playlist. That's my favorite genre of all time. What about after games? So you mentioned film earlier and, and learning in college how to how to watch film and, and things like that. 
after games, how long do you fixate on specific things that happen in that game or do you move on to the next day? What's that process? If you would have asked me this in college, I literally would have watched, already watched the game that night, picked apart what we did wrong, wrote this down for the next day to, to tell everybody what we did wrong. Like I would have been like, just like dissecting every, every little aspect of the game. But I feel like now I've learned that you can't do that in the pros is because we're playing every other day. You cannot like, obviously like there's things that you maybe did wrong. You want to fix, but you can't dwell on that game because literally in two days you have another opponent. And so I feel like that was like the one of the hardest parts too, as well to kind of let go from college where it was like in college, if we lost, like I would be mad for like two days, like, <laughs> you know, like super irritated, but you can't do that in the pros. You kind of have to have a, a quick mind and just like, kind of like a, short memory and so that's one thing I kind of learned is so with that when I'm watching film it's a little bit different it's like oh okay we did that wrong boom 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 how do we fix this for the next game that's kind of how my mindset has shifted since college I think that's such a good way to just have short memory obviously you want to get better at certain things but have that short memory because you can't think about what you what you didn't do right next game because you have a game in two days in the pros are you looking for subtle changes or are you looking for big changes what are you looking for I'm mostly looking at like we obviously got a report that we need to execute. And I feel like to have a success, not always, you don't always win every game, but to have a successful, well-executed game, you just look at the scouting report and see what you did well and what you didn't do well. And so I'm like, okay, maybe we're supposed to switch that screen every single time with this certain player. Did we do that every single time? Did we not? And why didn't we do that? And figure out, okay, like, was, the miscommun- was there a miscommunication? Can we fix that miscommunication for the game? How can we see this game, see this mistake? Can that help us for the next game so we don't do that same thing? But it's, And that's kind of how I'm looking at film. It's a little hard because different teams require different schemes, but, you know, certain things are still the same, like communication, talking on screens, talking on switches or whatever it may be. Some things are, are kind of similar, but you know, when you're looking at different teams, that can be different. That's kind of what I look for when I'm watching film. So Michaela, before I let you go, I want to know if you weren't playing basketball professionally, what do you think you'd be doing? I would be a dentist. Yes, I would. Yes. I wanted to be a dentist. For a very long time, um, I actually studied psychology at UCLA, and psychology fell under the life science major at UCLA, so I was able to get that de- them, those dental prereqs on the side. And so that's what I wanted to do, honestly, before I was wanted to be a basketball player. My dad is a dentist. He recently retired. I guess you could say oh, he was a dentist. <laughs> he had a great career, and if you guys ever want to, if you ever want to, you know, talk dentistry, I'm sure he'd be happy to. Michaela, oh, for sure. <laughs> this has been so much fun. Michaela, you have had a heck of a 2021 and I feel like 2022, 2023 and beyond is just going to be even better. You're just getting started. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me and keep pulling the tarp. All right, Michaela. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me this week. Be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you can catch all of our upcoming episodes. And if you are like me and want a world full of tarp pullers, then leave a review to help others find us. You can also follow me on Instagram at andrewmoses123 and sign up for my monthly email newsletter at everybodypullsthetarp.com slash newsletter. I'll share tips and insights to help you achieve maximum success and happiness. Today is a great day to pull the tarp. I am rooting for you. See you next time.